guys. It's Ben here with the Afro Heat Podcast. This is our first ever Zoom episode of yes, the podcast. Sir. What's up, guys? So, um, basically, we got all three of us online on a Zoom. Um, not not sponsored, so we can't get sued. Make sure. But actually, I want to just get straight into this. But before we do, let's talk about our So Fresh, So Clean, Clean merch. It's beautiful. It's cheap. It's only $10 for a shirt, but there's other things that are also super cheap. And basically, let's not bore you with this stuff. Let's move on to our first topic, which Isaac, you know what? You can take us away because there was a lot of stuff that happened last night and you really want to talk about this. So you go ahead. Yeah. So I've been talking about this for a while. I'd say, I'd say probably beginning of uh, end of the regular season, beginning of the playoffs. You know, we talked about the Clippers before people were raving about the Clippers, their depth. You know, they're two stars in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. But what I said at the beginning of these playoffs, I said they don't have enough chemistry. You know, the Lakers were – I've been saying this. The Lakers came out of the regular season, and they had so much chemistry. that All of their pieces were starting to click. LeBron James was playing really well with AD. They don't have as many pieces as the Clippers do. But I told you guys, I said on the podcast, I said – chemistry is going to be more important and you said no but you said the clippers have all these pieces and it doesn't matter about chemistry and and we have all these we have all this load management that they're doing and it's fine they're going to be rested we have playoff Kawhi, and look what happened they blew a 3-1 series lead and that is chemistry the lakers proved the lakers proved that they had more chemistry than the clippers they were more prepared than the clippers and they beat a better team in the Rockets. It's not about chemistry. It's about the fact that the Lakers have two superstars on their team. I wouldn't blame the Clippers' problems for chemistry. Of course, they have chemistry problems. They have a lot of talent on their team. But, I mean, with the talent they have on the team, they have the most depth out of the entire league. That was the issue with the team. You would it's think that, but that, that doesn't – All right, all right, all right. Let's, there, let's, let's no, 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 no. Wait, wait, let's break this up. Chemistry problems aren't enough to take you out of the playoffs. To blow. They, they had a 3-1 lead. Let's not forget, they had a 3-1 lead against this team. I don't know what happened. We all know. I mean, we all know what happened, but if you look at the stats and you just look at the teams, it's kind of crazy what happened, and we all expected the Clippers to win. Let's, all right, Arjun, Arjun, Isaac. So that's, that's great and all, but let's move on and to really staying on this topic but going into our topic, which is how crucial was this Game 7 loss for Kawhi Leonard's legacy? Actually, I'll start this one off. All right. Um. I don't think this was crucial for his legacy at all. Nobody's going to remember this. It was a choke job by the team, and it was not his ideal performance because he played really bad in those last three games and also in game two of the series. He did not have a great series. But with that being said, he has two finals wins and two finals MVPs. He doesn't have much to complain about in his career. This is not going to hurt him in the long term. He's had an amazing career, and he's gonna. He, I think he will win a ring in Los Angeles with the Clippers, but – I don't think this is a huge blow for his legacy. LeBron can we all, has been can we all, ben, job in the finals. There's been can so we all many acknowledge great... the fact that if this was LeBron, that people would go crazy. Yeah, yeah I would go crazy because I fucking yeah, love slander. LeBron. LeBron gets way more criticism than Kawhi Leonard does. I mean, that's... yeah, because uh, also yeah. Kawhi Leonard shuts the fuck up and plays basketball. LeBron yeah. does. Okay. Um, first of all, Kawhi Leonard, you remember the advertisement Kawhi Leonard had, you know, with New Balance where he's coming to take over? Take over LA. Well, they shut that down. I think it's not, I'm not going to go all the way. 
I'm not going to go all the way to saying that this is a huge deal or say that the other rings were invalid for Kawhi Leonard, but this is a big deal for his career. In in game seven, he played 44 minutes and scored. He His field goal was six for 22. Now, I'm not going to just put it on him. Paul George was four for 16. Their high, their high scoring was uh, Montrezl Harrell off the bench with 20 points. And they really just overall, they had a really bad game. I mean, but Kawhi Leonard is very much responsible for this loss. Tell me, no, tell me, tell me how this is going to be crucial to his legacy with his two finals, saying, two finals MVPs, totally taking one of the weakest championship teams of all time and winning a championship with that team against one of the greatest super teams of all time. I don't care who the fuck was injured, but that was one of the greatest super teams of all time that he took down with a exactly. 50 point per game passing out Siakam. Nobody's going to remember this in five I'm years. Saying, because also, people don't really hate him Kawhi. Nobody's really going to care Leonard, about this in five years. Kawhi Leonard's not as clutch as people make him out to be. That's the fact. Otherwise, otherwise he had three games to close out this series. He should have yeah. been the best player on the floor in every single game. He wasn't the best player on the floor. Jamal Murray played better than him in those three games. Jokic played better than him in those three games. Okay, Paul George wasn't there. Lou Will wasn't there. And, and Doc Rivers clearly had some fuck-ups. But Kawhi Leonard was not there. He just didn't. Yeah, I, okay, I definitely, Isaac, I think adding on to what you're saying, I agree with kind of what you're saying. But it doesn't, Kawhi's legacy is still pretty good. It's, it's pretty damn good. But I think it affects more of the Clippers as an organization. Because remember, this team has a timestamp. They are, they have an expiration date. They've got, they've picked up all these old, top, old, old, uh, overpaid players like Joakim Noah. They're all solid players. They're all good players, but they're all old. And they gave away like eight picks. I mean, they have a timestamp. So this champion, this like lost in the second round. I mean, they were supposed to make it to the third of the conference finals. This does, this is a setback for them. And I think they definitely have a lot of questions going forward. How do they fix this? But if we look at the Kawhi standpoint, he still has a pretty damn good resume. I mean, two finals MVPs. So I kind of see what you're saying. A second round loss is kind of, is pretty disappointing, but uh, yeah, Ben, I think you're done. Also, no, okay, just to wrap up this topic, and we'll, we'll come back to this later, but we want to move on to something else, but I think Kawhi Leonard, you said that the battle for LA is done. It is not done at all, because A, the Lakers got to get past the Nuggets first, and we don't know if that'll happen with all the grit and all the great playing that they've been having. Jamal Murray dropped 40 on what is arguably yeah. the best defensive team in the league. I, I don't know how this series will go, LeBron. but Isaac, Isaac, so... I think we'll just move on to our next topic, and we'll come back to this later. But let's go to Jokic. We're going to keep on the Nuggets, but I've heard a lot of people saying that Jokic has passed Embiid as the best center in the NBA. Do you guys agree with this? Or if not, either of them, who is the best center in the NBA? Arjun, you want to start this one um, off? Yeah. I, I mean, this guy is a I, – I definitely put him at the greatest, the, the greatest center in the NBA right now. You thought I was going to say something the greatest of all time. No. Um, I think he's literally a point guard at the center position. I mean, if you watch him play, he's, he's just been playing his, his ass off. I mean, we're talking about 27 points, 20 rebounds. We're talking about a guy who is just willing his team. Of course, I want to give credit to Jamal Murray, but this is the guy who is stopping the paint presence. He is the guy. <laughs> he is the guy. That's that's basically the reason. He's the reason why they're up in this league. They're yeah. up in this position now. Isaac, what do you think? Uh, yeah, Jokic is definitely proving himself as the best center in the NBA right now. Okay, 
when he when when as a team so just pure like playing ability and scoring rebounding assists passing he's the best center but also when you look at like as a team player he's by far the best center because he can back away hold on a second ben he can back away and let jamal murray come in look at this he only scored 16 points in game seven 13 assists for a center 22 rebounds Exactly. Okay, no, no, I agree with you. I agree with you in the NBA. But impact-wise, rebounding-wise, and scoring-wise, and also defensively-wise, Embiid is the better center. But Jokic not. is the better center overall, I would say. I don't think he's the better center. Jokic is the more can play, but he's the better player. He's a more no, he has a way he has a way higher team impact, and you can see that in the statistics. And you can also see he's a way better statistically and in game rebounding center, scoring center, and defensive center. You know, I can see that – you know, I can't see – I can see that Embiid got swept by the Sixers and made it to the sixth seed. I mean, that, he got swept by, he's got swept by the Lakers. Or not the Lakers. Uh, Celtics, I'm slipping up. But, yeah, no, I'm not saying that Jokic is – because I'm saying Jokic is a better center. But on the court impact-wise, Embiid has a higher team impact. And you can see it in his PIE um, rating on the NBA.com. That's where, you, that's where I get most of my stats. But then, I mean, going down the line, here's my reasoning for Jokic and um, Embiid is, A, logic-wise, I mean, if, you, if you're playing against Embiid, you just got to put a big body on him or two big bodies on him and he can't exactly. score. But if you double-team Jokic, he's going to pass. He's going to put up 20 assists. He might not be as good at rebounding or scoring, but, I mean, there's no center that can dish the rock like Nikolai Jokic, and it might not seem like that big of a difference, but it's a really big difference no. when it comes to. I think no, it's more about the fact that you just can't, you can't, you can kind, you can guard and be like you can focus. He is more dangerous. He's definitely more dangerous in the post because he's a terrific post player. I mean, although he flops, he does flop, and I don't like how his seven footer needs to flop. But he's a terrific player, and I give credit where credit. Yeah, he's, he's better in the post. His post move is like one of the best moves in the NBA. But like I said, Jokic is a better all around. He's no, he's just more of a threat on the court. He can shoot the ball better, and he can yeah. skate. I mean, yeah, he, he shot 20% higher from three in the playoffs, and also his value over replacement rating is five is well, three points higher at 5.5. His plus minus is three points higher at 7.4, and he get he got four more win shares than Embiid this year, and if you know that statistic, you know that's a lot. But anyways, I think we're on – I think we got consensus picks here for this one. Um, let's move on to actually a pretty basic topic. We got our Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals predictions. Now let me lay down the land. I'll start this one off. Eastern Conference, I think this is a pretty easy decision. After watching game one, before game one, it was 50-50. After watching game one, I think this is the Heat's game. Because, I mean, you got Bam Adebayo. The one worry for me about the Heat would be that the young guys wouldn't show up where you have Hero hitting three after three after three to win the games, and you have Bam with that incredible block. That was one of the greatest blocks in NBA playoff history, period. That was amazing. But then I just think this is a pretty consensus. I think this is heat and six. I think this will be a pretty easy series for them. I think the two losses will come with a very close game. But, I mean, Jason Tatum is one hell of a player, but he can't really do much, especially with Kemba Walker not playing as high of level as he should. Going to the Western Conference, now, I think the Lakers will win this series, but I don't know because, I mean, when you look at the Nuggets, they have all the momentum. They just came back from two 3-1 leads, and they still 
had more energy and stamina than the Clippers. And the Clippers had some of the highest, like, stamina in the league when it comes to this, like, readiness to play because they sit out all year. Now you go to the Lakers, who look exhausted on the court. I mean, when I watch them, AD, LeBron, Dwight, they all look exhausted out there. And then they just played one of the most high-energy high teams in the NBA for five games after playing an eight seed that was super high-energy. So you go hey, against guys, the Nuggets. I'm going to be back for some. I'm going to grab a charger. You guys keep going. All right. No. All right, so okay. Going back into my point. No, Isaac, let me finish. So going back into my point, this, the Nuggets, I think they will lose this series. But if they use their energy to their advantage, and I mean, if Jokic plays like what Jokic has been doing, Right now, with how he's playing, Jokic is playing like he's the best player in the world. He's not, but he's playing yeah. like he's the best player in the world. He, he's yeah. playing like a reincarnated Larry Bird. So if he, were, if he plays peak level, if Jamal Murray plays gok-gok peak level, and that team thrives, Jeremy Grant thrives, Paul Millsap thrives, and they move the ball like they, like they have in those past three games, yeah. then this is the Nuggets series maybe, but I think this is the Lakers in six. Uh, okay, because I'm a Celtics fan, uh, my my pick for this is less important than my analysis mm -hmm. of game one. Okay, the Celtics needed game one because the Heat did not play their best game, and the Heat are going to get better. That's the scary thing for the Celtics is that the Heat did not play well in the third quarter, not even that great in the fourth. Okay, the last possession, the last possession for the Celtics is Tatum taking a long-range three and and that's that, that was hard to watch. Outlines one of the one of their problems. Okay, they have a lot of one on one players, but they can't be just, you know, running down a possession and then having Tatum shoot a three. That's not you know we need to run our the Celtics need to run their offense through Kemba. Kemba is taking the Celtics as far as Kemba goes. That's how far the Celtics are going to go. If Kemba can run the offense, if he can score twenty plus per game, you know, if he can be more efficient. And if he's not just tweaking the, taking these, like, you know, in, the, in overtime, he took some pretty bad shots and in the fourth quarter. So if Kemba keeps playing that way, the Celtics are going to lose the series. I think the Celtics can win, but they've got to play less one-on-one. -on -one. They've got to play less one-on-one. -on -one. They've got to run the offense through Kemba because they, they can play very well if they run the offense through Kemba and, and get open guys in the corners and get guys driving in because they can make space because they have one-on-one -on -one players, but they can't get let one guy take down the whole time and then just drive in. So I'm taking the Celtics because I'm a Celtics fan, but it's totally the Heat series to win, and they will win if Kemba Walker keeps playing that way. And in the Western Conference, I'm taking the Lakers, but I think Denver can 100% win. Denver can win in six and, and because they have a deeper team than the Lakers do. If the Lakers come out with the mentality that the Clippers have, you know, looking to the next round, you know, taking it for granted, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. If they have that mentality, they have to stay in the moment. They can't underestimate this team. They've got to play their game. They've got to play their best game. Their duo has to play well. And some of their bench guys have to play well. So I'm taking the Lakers, but the Nuggets can totally win. Now, uh, I'll, I'll say, I'll give my take. Um, I think, let's start with the Eastern one. This is, this, this is going to be a good matchup. I, um, I was going to say what you said, Isaac, that whole Kemba Walker, I think that's perfectly well said because Kemba's been in such a terrible shooting slump for the last five games. And I think four games he was shooting like a complete atrocity. He was, he was just terrible. I think one game, it was game five, where they just absolutely blew out the Raptors. If Kemba... Can, like you said, they just need to run it through him. But if he shoots over 
say 45%, the Celtics are winning if they trust him. Now, we can bring, we can bring back to the last couple of plays. There are guys like Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown, forget Kemba Walker even, that are per- per- uh, I can't speak, uh, perfectly capable of, t- of taking those shots and hitting those shots. I mean, Marcus Smart is playing his heart out. He's, playing, he's doing an amazing job on the court. But to the, I think that uh, it's either going to be the Heat in six because we're looking at out of, out of bio, and I don't think anybody in the Celtics can really – can really guard out of out of bio. So I take them in six or Celtics in seven. So yeah. that's kind of my consent. Before you move on to your West, I hate to interrupt you here, but I had the stats pulled up. I mean, going on going back to your Kemba Walker spiel, because in wins, the team net rating is twelve. Um, and then the um, PIE of Kemba Walker in he, in the games that he wins in for the Celtics this season. Actually, no, this is just in the playoffs. Kemba Walker has a PIE of 15, and in the losses, it's eight. I mean, there's a huge difference there. Yeah. He's playing well, and when he's not, he does not play well in losses, but he plays amazing in wins. That's how you win this series, because you know you can't stop out of bio. You can only limit him with Tyson Canner. But what are you really going to do there? But then if Kemba can hit his shots, this is a completely different series. Right yeah, now, I think he will. And as a, Horn- as a Hornets fan, he's, he's the greatest player of all time. I hope he plays well, but I don't know if he will right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that would completely they've change. The foul, they've got to foul them less. They were fouling so much, sending them free throw line. They can't keep doing that. Yeah, and can't keep doing that. Let's go back to the Western Conference now. You guys said the Nuggets have a chance. I don't want to doubt the Nuggets. They they have been doubted a lot. They've been counted out. But I don't think they're gonna win. I don't think there's really. I don't. I think they're. I just don't think they will win. I think that they're in. They have the capability to take it to a seven games. But I just don't see them winning. And they've gone through a lot. They must be tired. They must be so tired going through seven games, two series. Let's look at this Lakers team. Of course, they don't have as much depth. But we're looking at two members of the first team All-NBA. And let's be real. Jokic isn't as much of a defensive center as, you know, you would hope to be. There's no real way to stop AD unless you have a defensive center. They also have the best post defense, which is going to limit Jokic in inside scoring. And we're also looking at LeBron James. He is the king of the West of the Eastern, Western, any conference finals through history. He has proven that he can do whatever it's. He, he's done the impossible. I've seen it. He did it in 2018 against the Celtics. He did the impossible. Came back down 2-0 and just willed that team. I know. I know for a fact. He's been letting AD Scholl carry the load these last couple games. But I think he's going to step it up. Let me – I, don't, I just don't stand being the Lakers. Let me, let me get in there right quick. Because um, you, said, you said that the Nuggets are tired. Where if you watch the game, if you watch the games, the Nuggets are more energetic than any team in the NBA right now. The Nuggets are right on the bat, even though they've played 14 games in the playoffs and they've had 14 opportunities of games to play. This team is ready to go. Where if you watch the Lakers, that team is beat. That team looks so incredibly beat right now. They're playing at a really high level. But, I mean, they beat a really average team in my opinion because they really when they show up they're pretty bad and like when the Rockets don't show up they're pretty they're pretty bad and yeah, that, that was easy picking no let me let, was... me let me finish my point this this Lakers team is tired this Nuggets team is not tired at all if you watch that game Jamal Murray when they're up 20s on the sidelines slapping everybody in the face that dude is energetic it's, it's, energetic. Like, it's also not about it's not about the post play 
It's about the threes. And this team's been hitting the threes. But also you have Jeremy Grant. You have all these good centers in the middle who are way better for guarding AD than P.J. Tucker. And P.J. Tucker did a decent job for his size. But I think that this Nuggets team has a real shot because of how much energy and how much depth that team has and how, I mean, just they have, they have the momentum. They have the energy. They have everything but the talent. I mean, the lopsided talent because they have more bench talent. The Lakers have no bench talent. That could go to the, ooh, that could go to the um, Nuggets' advantage. But I think that is why they can win the series. I don't think they will. But that's my case for the Nuggets. I mean, Ben, it's not about game game seven. There's like a thing about it as an adrenaline rush. Game seven is where you pour your entire heart out, pour your entire stamina out. Just wait till game one. If fatigue sets in, it doesn't matter how hyped you are, height, uh, how they energetic you are. They played 14 games. Their fatigue, fatigue would have shown by now. It's fatigue, Ben. I'm telling you, the Eastern, the Western Conference Finals, it'll kick in. Now, Isaac, I want to hear your, I want to hear your take on this. Before we move on. Uh, yeah, I agree with Ben. They've the Lakers have to pick up their intensity, but you know I do think the fatigue, and you know the Nuggets' energy is not going anywhere. But I think their fatigue will probably catch up to them at a certain point. You know that's different than their energy, which is one thing that's in favor of the Lakers. But the Lakers cannot. You know the Lakers can't say, oh, we can count on, count on. Jamal Murray having a bad game. We can count on their bench. The Lakers have to act like they're coming out swinging every single game with, you know, yeah. weeks of rest. They they have they cannot take anything for granted. That's how they have to play. If they do, they can win. If they don't, it's not looking good for the Lakers. But, yeah, let's move on to our next topic, which is a complete switch of direction, but that's what we like here. Um, let's move on to the NBA draft. Uh, it's heard that the Warriors would like to move up and get a wing with this draft pick, or they just say get a wing with this draft pick. So that assumes that they either trade up or draft Edwards second or draft Topin. But the question here is, should the, should the Warriors avoid drafting Anthony Edwards? And um, I'll get my take in after you guys. You guys start this one off. Should the Warriors pass up on Edwards if they have the opportunity? Should they avoid him? Isaac, you can start. Yeah. Yeah, they should. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, uh, you know, I think Anthony Edwards is a better player than James Wiseman, but I've already said this. And I'm going to stick to it. I think Wiseman is really good for them. You know, if they're looking to grab other pieces, you know, he, he's, he's just going to be a great fit with them. They've never had, I believe he could be the best center that's played with them in a very long time. You know, he's better than Bogut. He, yeah, he's, he's better than all of them. And it's really, yeah, really he's, and they, so Draymond's, Draymond's expired. <laughs> That's what they've lacked in their championship runs. And and he just fits perfectly with them. I think it's not worth it. I don't know what they would have to get up, uh, give up to move up in the draft, but I think they should totally go for Wiseman. It's a loss. Not only are they losing, you know, things to move up in the draft, but I think even if Anthony Edwards is a better player, they're talking about winning right now because all of these guys are aging. They're, t- they're big three or whatever, you know, they're top three. Those guys are aging. So they're talking about winning right now. And under the Steve Kerr system, they need Wiseman. Anthony Edwards is not a good fit for them. All right. So I completely agree with you there. I, I'm pretty sure Arjun will disagree with this, like our takes. But my opinions on why they shouldn't, I agree that they should pick Wiseman, but my reasons are different. And my reasons, because if you draft Anthony Edwards, they've already said they're starting Wiggins. And I mean, they're going to start Draymond Green at the five. If they draft Anthony Edwards or they draft Obi Topin, they're going to start that, that draft pick alongside Wiggins. And that would mean Wiggins moves to the four. 
And let me tell you how, how disastrous it would be if Wiggins was a four on a team. That completely eliminates changing How did you move Wiggins to the four? Why would, he why would have to move down because Draymond would have to be the center because they would, have, they would be running small ball on that take. No, but say, if why, why is not he run center? No, I'm talking yeah. about Edwards. I'm talking about they pick Edwards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. Let, me, let me continue here. So, Andrew Wiggins, just to start it off. This isn't about how he would play at the four, but of the, of the three first overall picks in the NBA draft's history, he is, well, of all of them, he is one of three first overall picks to have a negative value over replacement rating in the in NBA history. That is god-awful. That, that means he's one of the three worst first picks for impact on a team. But then you go to uh, his defensive efficiency rating. It's 112. That's subpar, but that's not the big problem. The big problem for me is his defensive efficient re- efficiency uh, – well, not efficiency. His defensive field goal rating, which is his opponent's field goal rating when he's guarding them, six feet and closer to the hoop, they're shooting 66% against him. And 10, 10 or less feet away from the hoop, they're shooting 60%, 60% on him. So that means if he's running the four, he's going to have to play a lot of paint defense, and that's not going to be good for him. And he's going to get fucked up every single play because he can't guard anybody in the paint. Nevertheless, can he guard anybody? Because if you look at his differential percentage, then you look at his three-point range, it's 5.2, less than six feet from the hoop, it's 4.1, and less than 10 feet away, it's 2.8. He is not a good defender. He is a terrible defender. And also his net rating is negative 5.1. That doesn't have to do with his defense, but he would be so bad as a four that I would completely eliminate them from championship contention if they had to start him at the four if they drafted Anthony Edwards. That would completely ruin their championship chances. All right. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I'm definitely with you on that one. I actually, yeah, I don't want – I would not want Wiggins playing any defensive – any important defensive uh, position. I mean, we all know he's – he's, I, I want to – he is a bust technically because he did come in and people thought he was going to be the next – you know, the next KD, the next, like, he's supposed to be an all-star right now. He's putting up, a, like, really good numbers, but he's not at the, the he's not the, at the point where people thought he would be. So, yeah. I think that the Warriors should keep their second pick. They should not draft Anthony Edwards. Let me just say, the Minnesota Timberwolves are probably going to draft Edwards or LaMelo Ball. They need a guard. Why would you pick up a center if you already have Carl Anthony now? So, just keep keep stay where they are because really, they're they're not they're, if they're not going to draft you already have an automatic pick for Wiseman you have you have it laid out if the Timberwolves draft Wiseman they they, they have mental problems they want. yeah let's move on to our next topic unless you guys have anything else to say um, this one is about Chris Paul so this isn't as much of a debating topic but. Um, what team would Chris Paul fit on and what are some trades you would like to see him in? I actually have some prepared. I have my first trade before I let you guys talk would be, I have Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal and Tony Bradley, and then a first round pick for Chris Paul. I don't think they're not get. I think that it's a good mesh trade. You might think they're not giving out enough for Chris Paul but you're taking in $41 million for three more years instead of Mike Conley, 34 for one year, which completely relieves their cap space for three years. And then you're giving them a first round pick to add on to their first round picks. And you're giving them a great a quality center in Tony Bradley. And you're giving them two other quality players on Mike Conley and Royce O'Neal. 
I think this deal meshes perfectly because also the Jazz need to take that extra $10 million if they can to make this team an actual contender in the West because they're not right now. You saw Mike Conley's not the player that they tried to sign for $34 million this offseason. He's not that caliber of player anymore. He's not Grizzlies Mike Conley. But if you do give up Mike Conley for Chris Paul, then you're instantly a contender in the West because you look at Chris Paul, he had a soft Stephen Adams Gilgis Alexander and Danilo Gallinari compared to the defensive player of the year two times in a row. And you have Donovan Mitchell, who's one of the best rising guards in the NBA. If you pair Chris Paul with that team, he's going to go bizarre beyond the limits. That is going to be an amazing team. That trade works out for both teams, in my opinion, because the, the Thunder get a pick and cap relief. And this works out for the Jazz because, of course, How they are the Thunder going to get any cap relief with Mike Conley? That's a thing. Mike Conley's a one-year deal after this. So oh, yeah, really but it, it wouldn't okay. really affect I, I'm going to chime in on this one. Uh, yeah. There's actually a team that I think could really benefit. I think that's the Bulls. The Bulls run a seven seconds. Uh, they, run a, they run a really fast-paced uh, offense. I think if you add Chris Paul – okay, Hear me out. I think if you give up, there's one player. There's Tomas Sadoransky, who's a rising young player. If you give up him, you give up Lord, uh, Wendell Carter Jr., and you give up some picks. I think, like, when I want to say some picks. I mean, like, five. Not five. Four, four or five first-round picks. Then you have enough for Chris Paul. No, bro. No. Bro, you realize that this guy's 30 – what is he, 37, 34? He's, he's old. He's expiring. He's yeah. not ready. No, he's not. He's not, he's not expired. You can say that, but he's still balling out right now. No, you're not going to give up Wendell Carter in multiple picks for Chris Paul because he's old and on a $47 million deal for three but, more years. You already have that Otto Porter deal for another year. You already have that Cristiano Felicio deal, which isn't as bad, but it's still bad. You're not going to give up. That's way too much for Chris Paul right now. I think Maybe you're, I think you're five years ago. value because, yes, he's old, but he's improved. He's not had that same value. Team. I mean, he's a guy averaging 17 points on the sec- all-second NBA team. I mean, he's giving a lot more – he has a lot more value in this age. I think he can go maybe three or four more years. I think he has, like, a good amount more. Okay, I think the Bulls, maybe not for his age because they're, they're looking to rebuild, but look at the way their play style. I mean, they're, they run a fast-paced offense. Think about the, the duo with, uh, with Zach Levine. That's a, that's a really good duo. And you have him – to mentor Kobe and Kobe White. Imagine that. Now I have one more. I have one more trade. Um, this one, this one, I would, I would, I would have to the Bucks. That's that's the obvious one. But obviously, the Bucks said recently that they don't want to trade Chris Paul. I would get obviously give up Eric Bledsoe. Uh, I was, I would say give up Brook Lopez because let's be real, Stephen Adams. Give him two more years. So. Um, I would give up Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe, and uh, a couple, let's say two, two picks. I think that's enough for Chris Paul, but Isaac. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's sad that the, that the, that this is going to happen, but the Thunder are going to go into full rebuild. I know a lot of people thought that they were going to go into rebuild this year, but it's really going to happen next year. I mean, they're really going to go into rebuild. The Thunder's objectives need to be to get young guys. They shouldn't take on any veterans. Um, I'm going, I'm agreeing with Arjun's last point. I think they should trade Chris Paul to the Bucks. 
you know, I have you no know, over the off the top of my head, I'm not sure exactly who they would trade, but definitely package some of their young guys. Like DiVincenzo is a guy that the Thunder are going to want for the future because he's got, you know, a pretty long career ahead of him. He's a very good, you know, he's a very good, um, very good player, a very good young player. He's a great and defender. I mean, he, they can, they can get some picks, but Chris Paul with Giannis, I mean, come on. You know, the leadership of Chris Paul alone is going to be super beneficial to Giannis because it seems like he could be lacking a little bit there, and that's going to help right. him out vastly. Right. But they, as, as a duo, they're going to win the East. I mean, that's an incredible yeah, duo. And I they mean, have young guys to get in here for my Bucks trade. Um, since I don't overvalue Chris Paul at uh, 34, 35 years old and $41 million, um, you got Chris Paul going to the Bucks for Ursan Ilyasova. George Hill, Eric Bledsoe, DJ Wilson, and two unprotected first-round picks. I think this is more and more than enough for Chris Paul. You're getting two picks, and you're getting a lot of valuable pieces. Valuable pieces with that cap relief. This is an easy yes for both teams. I mean, the Bucks instantly go to the NBA Finals. There's no doubt about that. Well, why, no why do they reject it? I mean, can you see any gain for them not want? Why would they not want it? Why would they not want what? Well, they they reject. They said that they they were not interested in acquiring Chris didn't Paul at all. No, they, they didn't. They said no, that they did not want to. They didn't want to acquire Chris Paul at all. No, but I say if you do that deal. But also, if they wanted to make other deals, there's some more that I threw together. Some of these are less realistic than the other. You go, you trade with the Suns. You pick up Ricky Rubio and Devin Booker for Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton, Dante Divincenzo, and three first round picks. Um, that would be a big – that would be really big for the team. If you want to pick up Bradley Beal, which, I mean, the team's obviously not going to win with him, so maybe they become open to trading him. You give him Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, and four first-round picks because that's what Bradley Beal's worth. And I'd say another one is Kyle Lowry. I would feel like he, was be, he would be a big deal. You get Bledsoe, Lopez, and then a first and a second-round pick. Because, I mean, Lowry's also 37 or, like, what is he turning, 37 next year. And uh, but I'll just be real. The Raptors aren't going to give up Lowry at all. Yeah, they're not. That's the less realistic one. But I think you, you should try to pick up one of those stars, either Zach Levine or Chris Paul. I really suggest Chris Paul. And, I mean, I, I, I saw that report, but that, that report was also false because um, they do want Chris Paul on their roster. But, anyways, let's move on. And, and, and lastly, lastly – the Thunder got has to get rid of their old their older players. They've got to get a ton of draft picks and and young well, guys. To build no, their- but Isaac, they already have a bunch of draft picks and young guys. I mean, you got to have a mix of veteran. Like you got to have. No, some I don't veteran. think they. I don't think they need that. I mean, Mike Conley. I will give you this. Mike Conley for a year could help these guys out, but they shouldn't. If they're even close, if they're even a tiny bit close to thinking about winning right now, that's foolish. They have abundance of young guys because in the you just you need a mix of you need a mix because when you get into the playoffs, then these young guys they don't know what it's like to be there. So yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. So next let's talk about the Houston Rockets. Um James Harden, after he lost that series to the Lakers, said that he is one piece away. Just like he said last year, this year, and now he's saying they are one piece away from winning a championship. And I will start this one off. I'm saying, like, would you agree or disagree? I completely agree with this. But the one piece isn't very acquirable right now. I mean, the one piece would be Joel Embiid or, like, one of those big centers, in my opinion. You would need one of those big, big centers 
big star centers because you're not going to win in the small ball. If you really are one piece away, that one piece is very big, and I don't know if they can acquire it via trade. Maybe you throw, what, P.J. – they don't even have young guys. Daniel House, P.J. Tucker, Robert Covington, and a ton of picks for Joel Embiid, whatever you could build to make a good offer. Um, I, hell, I would even give up Russell Westbrook and a ton of players and picks for Joel Embiid because, I mean, Embiid and Harden, that would be an unstoppable duo. I don't care. But um, – I think that they are one piece away, but that one piece isn't very easy to acquire right now. I don't think they possibly can acquire that piece if they want to keep this tandem together. I'll, uh, I'll go next. You know, I think that they are not one piece away. They're multiple pieces away. I do want to give them credit because a lot of people don't realize they almost beat the Warriors a couple of times. They've made it pretty far. But, I mean, like you said, they, they, need, a guy like, they need a guy like Capella I mean, they needed some guy, some yeah. statement. That's one piece. Yeah, Another before piece. you make your statement, I think no. that actually you brought that up. Um, I think Capella was the one piece. When you exactly, he was. Capella would have made this. He wasn't the only one. but If Capella was on this team and he was playing that Lakers team right now, who knows? They, they might be in a seven-game series right now. They exactly. might have won. Because Capella is one of the best head-down, get-forwards get designers in the NBA. You put that guy on that Rockets team, I have no clue why they traded him for, like, what? A Robert couple, Covington. A couple bursts? It might be. Oh, they got Robert there. Covington, but Covington's nowhere near Capella. No, I think that they're also they're one of more pieces. I think trading Westbrook would be a huge benefit to them. Let's be real. But you know, the, I, I, I think Westbrook and Harden are good friends, but the duo, the idea of having both of them on the same team, I mean, think about it. Like the, the game is in the line. They're, they're, the game is like they're down by one. And they're both trying to get one more, one more assist to get the triple-double. I, I just think you can't have two players like that. You can't have two of those just insane stat players. Not saying, they're not saying, not saying that they're stat patterns. They kind of are, but not in a negative way. I just think you need a variety. You need a guy like – Yeah, yeah. Like you, you, need, you just need, you need more variety. You can't, have, you can't rely on people just sitting in the corner waiting to get threes. I think it's – and then – so say, um, say these are, they think they're three steps away. Big guy, you need to get rid of Westbrook and find a, stat, uh, find a good coach that will actually have a good game plan, that, that championship, some kind of championship yeah. game plan. But um, let's get Isaac's take in before we move on to our next topic. Yeah, I mean, okay. The thing that's disappointing is that they've, throughout the years, they've had all the pieces they need by far to win a championship. Giving up Clint Capella was such a mistake. And, and if you want to say that they're one piece away, that one piece is a, is a new system. It's a new coach, a new strategy of playing because small ball is not working for them. It's just they, they can't go another season doing small ball. They needed Capella. I mean, that would have been great. They need a new system. They need to put James Harden and Russell Westbrook. They've got to have chemistry. They, they, they have to have, like, they've, they've got to have a good center. I mean, it's just – it's just really disappointing for Rockets fans right now because, like, they're they giving up Capella was such a mistake. Yeah, you know, they went all in on, you know, it's good that D'Antoni's leaving because they need a new coach. If you're talking about one piece, it's a new coach that can new coach and a center. Yeah. That's what they need. All right, so let's move on to our they, next they can't topic. go all in on this again. Yeah, let's move on to our next topic. Um, recently said by an ex-LeBron James teammate was that. LeBron James has lost his crown as best player in the NBA to Luka Doncic. What are your thoughts on this topic, Arjun? You can start this one off. Go crazy. <laughs> what? Well, what did I just? I just. 
LeBron lost his crown to Luka Don. Okay. No, no, he has not. He has not lost his crown. I don't know why you guys would ever think that. Luka is going to be ruling the league for a good amount of time. We've seen in the next, the, the next decade he's ruling the league. But right now, what has he done? What, what has he done that has overcome LeBron? Can you guys? This isn't accolades wise. This is purely team play wise. I think that. Yeah, there's... what has he done? I mean, he's a seventh seed, and the Lakers are a one seed. I don't see how right now. That can that, that, that was an injury right now. team, and it's a young team with no defense. Because Mark Cuban, as much as I love that man and how he's built this team, that team was the best offensive team and the worst defensive team in the league. They had zero defense on that roster. Besides Chris Porzingis yeah. and some Luka Doncic, this is not a great defensive team. I mean, it's it's pretty bad. That's why this team had the deep. This team had the offense of a one seed and one and the best one seed. That's why they're a seven they seed. A That's terrible. why they're not. What? Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that because of the run they made against the Clippers? They they got they came close to beating the Clippers. That 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 shows how great of a player Luka Doncic is. Yes, because he has such a lackluster defensive roster around him. He has some great scores, but the fact that he took this team without Kristaps Porzingis to six games. Well, he also did have Paul George's help. No, Paul George still had a good series. As much as people love to hate him. He had him, a terrible series. That was a, the series. He had a pretty decent series. You can't, you can't tell me that. I mean, he had a couple bad games, but he had a pretty decent series. A couple bad games. There's three bad games out of – wait. Paul George played terribly that season. That, he had a couple of good games, but he had more bad games. Okay, right now, Le, right now LeBron James is by far the best player in the NBA. You know, KD is out right now. That's an argument you can make. I would say LeBron is the best player anyways. It's not even close. I mean, that's, that's fucking crazy to say that Luka is a better player than LeBron or whatever he said, greater player. It doesn't matter. LeBron is better than Luka in every category. Greater player, better team player. I mean, it's not even close. It's not even close. As much as, yeah, as much as I admire Luka, of course, they have like 15-year age difference. I'm not saying that Luka is like – Luka is 15 years younger, so I think it's unfair to him that, to compare him no. – it's not fair at all. It's it's not close. It's not fair. LeBron is a much better player. I mean, it's not something I have to prove. It's I think it's pretty close. I think right now, player wise, it's pretty close. It is a very close race. It's not close at all. It's not close. Look at it those statistics. It is not close. It's very it's close. stats because he's not just running the stats. team alone. You can't just LeBron stats. is going to have. You realize AD has better stats than him because he's letting him. This is the first time in LeBron's career where he has a guy like AD, where AD can technically shoulder the load. I'm not saying... What? We, okay, yeah. we do not have to get into this right now, Ben. This well, is yeah, a we do. Whole other argument. That's a whole other argument. Right now... He's had Kyrie Irving. He's had Kevin Love. He's had He's had so much help on his team. No, I know that's help, but that's not shouldering the load. AD is getting points. He's getting... Wait, wait, he's an MVP. Ben, we're talking about right now. We're talking about right now, LeBron James is by far the best player in the NBA. Luka is not close. No. Okay, I would, I would have said Luka Giannis. Oh, let, me, let me get my case out there. Because, okay, hey, it's very close. I don't think Luka's better than LeBron right now. I think it's very, very close. Because I'm looking at the stats right close now. To I mean, Luka is the same. best player in the NBA. Luka averages more points, rebounds, steals, blocks, and he also – has a high, he has the same offensive rating with a higher defensive rating than LeBron James, which might come shocking because Luka is just like a, 
um, less athletic LeBron James, who's at a younger point in his career. And then, I mean, when you really look at it, his value over their value over replacement ratings are the same. These players value wise right now, when you look at the statistics, they're about the same. I don't think Luka is better. I think LeBron is better right now, but give it two years and Luka is far, far ahead of LeBron James. But right now, the best player in the NBA, while he did lose a playoff series where he missed after he won his game, he missed the game where he was going to win because he was on perfect efficiency. You have Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the NBA still. Don't try to cut me with that bullshit. LeBron James not, is not, not, not now, not now. Used to be in the regular season, not now, not anymore. Oh, it's LeBron. It's it's LeBron. Not James, anymore. Ben. ben, the two players that you can talk about that would be the two players you can talk about that would be competing with LeBron just lost. Yeah, just look, Giannis lost. is Giannis is right now currently after what happened. Why Leonard is he's not, not better in there. Than LeBron he, right now, LeBron. Is the best no, player. no, you got LeBron James as Anthony Davis. What does Giannis have? Chris Middleton has scored two points in the next one. Did you see the way Giannis played? He does not have the help. He's playing against a team that's potentially, in my in my point, in my favorites, going to the NBA Finals. LeBron James has lost six NBA Finals with the biggest choke job in playoff history, in my opinion. With that loss, and Giannis did not show up at all. Getting stamped up by JJ Barea. This is no no competition. We're talking about right now. We're talking about right now. Two-year-in-a-row MVP with the Defense ben, Player of the Year award this year. Ben, we're talking about right now. Right now. So don't talk about J.J. Barea. I'm That's not about, relevant. Yeah, no, no. I'm talking – that is relevant because I'm talking we're about – We're talking about right now. Yeah, right. No, no. We're, right yeah, now. we're talking about right now. Can't bring up the past because right – right Yeah, right now, Giannis is a better player. How – after what happened to Miami, explain to me how he is better. I mean, we just saw – we saw what happened. We saw what happened. What did Giannis do? He Giannis, had his, yeah. Giannis, Giannis didn't show did up. He shot up. nine times. You shot nine times in a game. You can't shoot nine times in a game if you're shoulder, if you're the, the player in the team. You need to shoot twenty times. You need to shoot. Giannis, Giannis literally said, Giannis literally said, Oh, I'm gonna do what the coach you think you think LeBron James is backing down from defense and is not asking this isn't, this isn't his mentality. coach to guard the best player. This is the better ben, basketball player right now. Then the mentality, the mentality of the best player is oh, I'm just gonna back down from defense on Jimmy Butler and the Heat. That's what the best player in the NBA that's, that's the mentality. The we are talking about who is the better player. Giannis is still youthful in, in he's young in his career and he's also youthful in his he hasn't learned to grow that he does not learn to the coach. That's just the wholesomeness of being new to the game. He's not new. I know, I know. I I I, I agree that, that that's nice Giannis that he respects his coach, that he actually likes his coach. Regular season MVP, but LeBron is by far the best player in the league right now. No, no I wouldn't say I wouldn't say by no, I wouldn't say by far. Wait, wait, Ben, Ben. I wouldn't say by far. I think Giannis is close behind there, but I think after what happened, Giannis just isn't ahead of him. He's close. He's close behind there, but he just didn't show. He didn't show up. He, he, he shot well. He had good stats, but he didn't shoot. He shot nine times in one game. He didn't play the way we he were shot nine times in the game where he played 18 minutes because he got injured. That's when, he, that's when that happened. Yeah, no, no, he was, he was playing well before. I know, I know. But Yeah, no, so Giannis, Giannis showed up. As much as he could with no supporting cast at no, all. No, he didn't. He did not. The, 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 the thing he said in that interview proves he didn't show up. It proves it. He said he's not going to step up. He's the defensive player of the year, and he's not going to step up to the challenge of guarding Jimmy Butler, and he's the best player in the NBA. 
He said he's going to listen to his coach of the year coach, which you think hey, the best not listen to him, but that's not the point. You're saying the, the best player is a defensive player. player. Yeah. Defensive player. Wait, guys, 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 guys. Can't guys. tell him that he's going to guard the best beating me his accolades guys. that LeBron James Guys, wait, 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 wait. Right now. Giannis is the best two-way player in the league with what Kawhi Leonard has done in the playoffs. Giannis guys, is guys, guys, wait, 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 wait. the best two-way player that in is. the NBA. I don't care if his team lost. He didn't even play in the last game. He could have made that a seven-game series and won that series, but he didn't even get to play because of the ankle injury. And he, he led that team to that one win. And then he got injured early in the game when he had perfect efficiency. This could be a com- that would have been a completely different series if Giannis had kept on playing. Giannis carried that sorry team while LeBron went through lavish playing against the Rockets. That isn't a sorry team, Ben. That that they Bucks are sorry isn't team. a sorry Their team. Center is six no, they're not. Five. They're not a sorry he team. Said himself, he had a bad series. They're the best team in the NBA. They have the best record. Yeah, they played Middleton had a pretty bad showing in round one, but they're an amazing team. They're the they're the best. We're talking team about playoff talents. That's not yeah. just talents. I know when we're talking, we're okay. The Heat, the Heat just out over out the Heat just outplayed them, and yeah, they didn't play well at all. The whole the whole team didn't play well at all. But they're not a sorry ass team. They just didn't play it all well. It's a sorry ass supporting cast yeah. when you talk about championship. Okay, um, you're talking about championship teams. You have Brooke Lopez as your center. You have Chris Middleton as your second option. Chris Middleton is not ever in any situation a championship second option. Not even with LeBron James, not with LeBron or MJ in their primes is he a second option on a championship team. That is a sorry-ass second option if you ask me. But then you have Eric Bledsoe as your starting point guard. Eric Bledsoe is washed to a, to a whole new level. He's no, he's not. How is he washed? He's, he's putting up good numbers. He's, a great, he's one of the best. I actually want to say this. I think he is probably top three in the best two-way two-way uh, point guard. He's a terrific defender. He's not washed. He's putting up great. He's putting up great production for them. And he's not. He yeah. He's doing great. He's one That's of the most third options. option. Honestly, I I mean actually with Chris Middleton, how he was playing. If you eliminate Chris, if you eliminate Chris, then Eric Bledsoe is your second option. How's that a ch- How's that a championship second option? How okay, so take the Lakers. If you eliminate AD, then what's what? If you eliminate AD, then what are they looking like? What's their second option? Um, That's the point. Kyle they have Kuzma. two first team All NBA players. That's why they're so dominant. They don't have a bench, but they have two top three players in the. And NBA it's class. it's I'm I'm literally nothing left to say. Uh, there's nothing right, else I can on. say. LeBron, it's not. It's sure it's close. LeBron's the best player in the NBA. I can't. I can't say. Yeah, anything. they're they're good. They're good. Uh, they're good. You, we both. They're good sides to both debates, and there you could definitely make a case. Which Giannis will win the MVP. Yeah, I don't think he was deserving a Defensive Player of the Year, but he. Will. I think he. Okay, he did have the. Right, okay, no, that, that's always for a different argument. He let's did move on from this. That's but to um, our last two topics of the day. We got. Which NBA team will become the next super team? This is not a debate-wise, but this is just a – ha- like, how would the next super team form and what will be the next super team realistically? I'll actually start this one off. I think the next super team will be the Miami Heat. I think they will make a lot of moves this offseason. I think they could either pick up Chris Paul. They could pick up Bradley Beal. They could pick up Joel Embiid. That's what I think – well, actually, that's what I'm hoping for, actually. Because I think if that team picks up Joel Embiid, you know how dominant that'll be? You get Joel Embiid on that team, you have him alongside Jimmy Butler. I know the spacing would be kind of weird, but that team will be real, real good. Um, okay, I have, I have two teams here. One is sort of a hot take, 
The other one I think is more realistic. I'll start off by saying the more realistic one. I think the Nuggets, they have, they're, they're a very deep team. They're a very deep team. Michael Porter Jr. can totally be a star. And Can't forget about them. They can put they can they still have space to add another guy, you know. So they, super team. they and and so I think I feel like that's pretty obvious at this point. But I'm gonna throw out a hot take here, which it's it's tough. It's tough to say that this is gonna happen, but I'm gonna say the Warriors. Okay. And this is and and look, the Warriors, now's their time to win. This is what I'm saying. Stephen Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, all coming back from injury. That's a top team in the West. I, I can see at, I can see. You look at, you know, Wiggins. First of all, Wiggins, listen, Wiggins, we gotta stop. He's gotta stop looking at himself as a as a number one pick because Wiggins can't live up to that. He can never live up to that. I trust Steve Kerr and the Warriors management that they saw something in Wiggins to trade away D'Angelo Russell for him, okay? And then they've got Wiseman coming in. They Because they have Wiseman as their center, they've got space to add in other guys. If they can bring in other guys, if they can develop them, they can be a super team. I have I mean, much more. I have a, they, have, they have Marquise Chris. I have and, way more faith. I have way more faith in I need, Denver. I need, to, I need super to tell you why your takes are so terribly wrong. A, the Nuggets, a super team isn't a championship contending team. A championship contending team is the Nuggets because they have that roster where they can contend for a championship every year because they have that surplus of talent. So you're saying, they so you're saying, the, you're saying how are the Heat way better when they add one piece? What if the Nuggets add that one piece? No, let me keep on going. So, that one piece. so the Nuggets, the Super T would mean like 2014 Heat, 2014 Spurs, the the Warriors back when they were like actually Super Team. But going on to the, your Warriors pick, I can see – where the eyes of a casual basketball fan could see why they could be a championship contender. But if you're running Wiggins in your starting lineup, you're not winning a championship. You have Draymond Green so, so far past his prime. He was such a lackluster player and such a disappointing defensive threat this season. He, with a Clay Thompson, where I'm not going to say he's washed because he's not washed. Clay Thompson's not washed. He's going to have a good shooting season, but he's coming off missing a year of basketball. He's not going to be prime Clay Thompson. And then you have Stephen Curry being, of course, Stephen Curry, his normal self. He's going to be great. This isn't going to be a super team, but it's going to be a contending team, maybe. Yeah. I don't think this oh, has yeah. any chance of being a super team. The only way that a super team forms in the NBA right now is if a team adds another piece because there's no okay, team. If Denver piece. adds another piece, they're 100% a super team. If Denver adds another piece. If they add another star, but like yeah. – Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if they're, they're at that level That's yet. That's what I'm but, about Denver. Isaac, I'm, wait, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my take in actually. Let's yeah, give my take in. Um, I think the um, I, I actually I don't want to sound biased, but I think the Celtics have potential to be. I mean, think about it. Think about the Celtics with a guy like Clint Capella with an actual center. That's a dangerous team, and this is this team has one of the best defensive system, defensive systems in the league. They've got. One of the most the, – the best – probably the best starting lineup in the league when they're all – I mean, think about it. Jalen Brown, but Gordon Hayward, who people he forget about. He's averaging 17 this year. He's averaging 17. And yet he, ha- he, has, a, he has a high contract, but it's, it's – Okay, it wait. Is what it is. Actually, I'm going to throw out a wild take here. Chicago Bulls. 
They're not. They're, Bulls, no, they have so much trade value on that team. They are pursuing Anthony Davis this offseason. Say, like, even if they just add Anthony Davis, that's a championship contending team, but I'm assuming, like, like – You're saying, like, you're saying, I'm a casual Super Bowl fan for Denver adding a piece. Yeah. And you're saying the Chicago Bulls exactly. with Anthony Davis not, are a super yeah. team? I'm not saying – no, I'm not saying that team would be – uh, that, that team would not be a super team by itself. But I think that since they hired a completely new front office – if they did it correctly, they could really make this a super team. You add Anthony Davis, you maybe trade for a player like Bradley Beal. You trade for a player like Devin Booker, one of those great – have, have the Bulls management shown that? Have the Bulls – as the Bulls owner that I'm shown that? that they're capable think, of doing that? I don't think they will because I think Anthony Davis stays. But I think if they get Anthony Davis, they have completely new management, completely new coaching. You get Anthony Davis in there. Maybe you sign Ty Lue at coach, for the coaching because, I mean – Okay, they have a 3% chance. If they, if they play all the cards right, if they all get lucky, then, yeah, they're, they're going to be a championship contender. Who would get lucky? No, if they, if they pull off a deal for Anthony Davis and then, and then trade for another star with that surplus of trade value that they have on their team plus that auto quarter contract, they can use another deal to make the trade value – like the numbers even. I'm not saying it will happen. I really, really doubt it will happen because I really think Anthony Davis stays another year. But that, that team has a possibility to be there. And also, I'm going to throw out another one. This isn't what I would actually think. This is just out of pure hope. I hope the Knicks become a super team. They never will. They're a terrible, terrible franchise. I mean, I mean, Thibodeau um, at coaching, if, as long as – if once Dolan leaves, there's nothing stopping that team from winning. Because I mean, but, but how do you get rid of an owner? You you have yeah. to. How do you force an owner to sell a team? It's tough. Just want to believe. I don't know. Pressure on him from the what other. Do you, do you, you protest? Do Knicks fans protest the games when yeah, coronavirus is all over? They just protest the stadiums. I mean, they have to put pressure on him from the other owners. The, okay, really, really quickly, like ten second take here, really quick. When you brought up the Knicks, they have to stop looking for a disgruntled star and build up their young guys. I mean. Stop looking for a disgruntled star. They're, they're, they're not even waiting. They're, yeah, they're not. They're not going to get them anyway. I mean, they're not winning right now. They have to build up their younger guys. Stop looking for a disgruntled star. It's not working. I think it's, it's not, not just. About, it's not just about that. It's just about don't look at guys like Todd Gibson to lead your team. Don't give Todd Gibson and Julius Randle four years to As much as they really they're rebuilding, they're not. Like, mentally, they're not rebuilding. Their front office, mentally, in the past couple of years, has not been rebuilding. They came into this year thinking they were a playoff team because they had Julius Randle, Bobby Portis, Todd <laughs> Gibson, and then a ton of rookies. Like, oh, my God. I mean, started their rebuilding process. As much as, like, you're like, oh, it's a bad team they're rebuilding, they think they're a playoff team, which is really, really bad. But I think with all – they also have new management besides their owner. They have, like, a completely new GM, right? They have a new um, manager of operations. I think that they they could change things around, but I mean, look look what happened with Lonzo Trier. I mean, the whole Lonzo Trier thing just shows you all you need to know. I mean, I love Theo Pinson. He's a he's a Tar Heel, but what value does he bring to your team other than making like making memes? <laughs> Be real. Yeah. But yeah, I think that'll do it for us today. Um, I think we've run out of time, but we do have a lot of juicy topics for next episode. Because, um, but anyways, let's just. 
We'll wrap up here talking again about our So Fresh, So Clean Clean merch. It's so beautiful, so cheap. It's Guys, so please, get they're, they're very cheap. They're, you know, they're good quality. This the entire time I'm in an ultimate zone of comfort in this. It's a beautiful shirt, super comfortable. There's other colors than purple, and I highly recommend getting one. Um, but anyways, that'll be it for us. Signing off. Bye, guys.